Hello and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast of TFM. We're a podcast that's dedicated to helping you think through what the Bible teaches and uh, how it informs how you minister to families and to children. And uh, we want to serve parents, we want to serve pastors and people who work with children. So I'm one of your hosts, Ben Palaz. I'm the family and children's discipleship pastor at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia. And as always, I'm joined by the one and only esteemed Reverend Anthony Trasoni, the family pastor at Westminster Baptist Church in Westminster, Maryland. Yeah, he also often goes by your holiness around there. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, all right, well, your grace. It's, um, it's good to be back with you, to be recording, and uh, to be talking about these important things, because I know these conversations always sharpen me. Well, Tony, I heard, I read about... Um, this lady that invited some people, a big group, over uh, to their home for dinner, and that once they people got there and they were having the meal, she looked at their six-year-old daughter and she said, "Well, honey, would you like to say the blessing?" And the little girl said, "Well, I wouldn't know what to say." Her mom said, "Well, just say what you hear mommy say." And so the little girl bowed her head oh, and she no. said, "Lord, why on earth did I invite all these people to dinner?" <laughs> You know, that's one example of someone who's learned to pray. I've heard of a different man. I won't say his name, but he was a pretty well-known guy, theologian kind of guy. And he said that, you know, at five, he would pray something like this. We beseech thee, almighty Father, O God, who inhabiteth eternity, that in the magnificence of thy grace thou would vouchsafe to us thy mercies through thy blessed Son, Jesus Christ. Now, he said he, he had no idea what he was really saying, but he grew up with King James English, King James Bible, and then he also spoke French, and the French Bible that they used was only slight, slightly more modern, and so he heard his parents praying those kinds of things, and so he would do it. But we do, we learn to pray from models, and so, Tony, how did you learn to pray? I mean, what, what did you, you know, learn about what to say? I remember uh, just barely my grandmother would pray with us when we were little on occasion. And I think I more have been told of incidents, and I know that are true, that my grandmother would kind of take us and pray with us by the side of bed when she would put us to bed, you know, say that my parents were off at a kind of business engagement at a night. When my, my grandmother would pray with us, kind of, you know, she was Lutheran and uh, very formal, I think, repetitions from what I understand. I, I think I learned prayer more fully in detail in youth group more than anything. You know, in youth group there was a heavy emphasis at the Pentecostal church I was at on prayer and I, I saw people praying we prayed often and so I think that's where I kind of learned what prayer was in a way that was beyond just kind of being selfish. Hmm. Okay. Very good. Yeah, I, I don't remember exactly how it all worked for me. I do remember my grandmother teaching me some to pray, and it was, you know, more like children's recited prayers, you know, now I lay me down to sleep, or those kinds of things. I remember being taught uh, a memorized blessing. I I don't remember exactly someone sitting me down. You know, you just, you pick up things through observation. So you mentioned that the Pentecostal church and, and, you know, being... Uh, a teenager. So when did you first start actively praying by yourself? Was it at that point in your life? 
actually in some ways before it, just from kind of guessing and knowing that people pray. I began, from my memory, I began to pray by myself. And either, it was either early high school or late junior high before I was actually saved. But then when I prayed, uh, what I prayed for was very different. I prayed for God or really, I prayed to God or whatever existed. I think I was typically vague in prayer, not really knowing much about the divine existence to essentially make me awesome. And I know, and I have <laughs> memories of, of really bargaining with God that, you know, if I was, I'm able to become this, that, or the other, you know, if I'm able to become a billionaire, that I will give my life to serve whatever God uh, that is out there. Mm-hmm. Things like that kind of prayer. So I, that is, I know I prayed those prayers on myself. I don't know where I picked those up from. I wasn't reading Joe Lostein. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> so that's certainly not where I got it. But, you know, I think that was the first time I actually started praying by myself. But in terms of real prayers, prayers in Christ, true Christian prayers, I think it was uh, about six months after I that I had been saved that I, I started kind of trying to take some time of, of true consistent prayer. I rem- my, our youth pastor was teaching a lot about it on Wednesday night and he kind of I at one time had kind of taken me aside and kind of taught me some ways and we we approach God in prayer in a biblical and healthy way yeah it's funny that you mentioned Joel Osteen I on one of the services that our, our podcast is host you know plays on <laughs> I, I saw a little ad up beside it said you know similar episodes you might be interested in and I've seen this multiple times, but it's Joel Osteen's podcast. And I thought, well, what do we need to change? <laughs> but, you know, maybe if people listen to Joel Osteen's podcast, we'll pop up next to it as something else you might be interested in. So Maybe. Uh, I'm imagining Joel's got a few more listeners than us. Yeah. You know. It must be, you know, it finds both myself as well as uh, Joel Osteen to be a pretty good-looking man, you know. You're balding, so obviously the comparisons aren't quite there with you. Yeah, you've got the great hair, the great smile, you know. So t- I-, I remember, you know, I talked about my grandma, and I remember after kind of doing that kind of stuff with her, being about five years old and sleeping over at their house, and I remember pr- lying in the bed and praying and and praying that now I lay me down to sleep. And I remember thinking I had to get the words just right because if, you know, if I didn't get them just right, maybe God wouldn't hear. Um, you know, I didn't really have a very good formed view of uh, understanding what prayer was. Uh, but I was kind of afraid of dying. And so I need, you know, now I lay me down to sleep, pray the Lord my soul to keep if I should die before I wake. I mean, I don't even remember the rest of it, but you know, I was afraid of death, and so that that's kind of what prompted me to pray. And then I, you know, I prayed at different points. Uh, I think I became a Christian about seven years old, and, and you know, there was some mm-hmm. prayer then. But well, so how has your prayer life changed since you first started praying, and, and what influenced those changes? Obviously, if I as I described kind of my early prayer times, my prayer life has hopefully <laughs> changed a great deal. <laughs> Less name and claim it, less uh, bargaining with God uh, now than it used to be. So I, I think I've become less self-focused in prayer. I think a lot of the, the ways that I've become less self-focused and more focused on the glory of God has really been through reading the Bible and seeing 
how prayer happened in Scripture. You know the 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 biblical what biblical prayers were. You know, especially the Apostle Paul's prayers. We see even Mary's prayer. You know, a focus on the glory of God and the edification of others. It's far more spiritual, I think, than ours are just sometimes focused on brother so and so with with a bruised toenail. But yeah, I think I hope that uh, mine have come to be shaped more and more by what biblical scriptural prayers are. Even in the Psalms, I think as I went through time and seminary of, of praying through the Psalms at least twice a week. And I think that often shaped my mo- a more God-oriented view of prayer. Mm, very good. So now, I mean, you pray more spiritual things. So instead of just praying for billions, you pray for billions so that you can give millions to missions or... Uh-huh. You know, I need that Cessna plane to, uh, to better the kingdom <laughs> That's work. That's right. You know? That's right. Yeah, you know, God's the children of the king shouldn't live like paupers, should they? <laughs> they should not. Yeah, like you, I mean, the aspects of of scriptural emphasis and scriptural concerns has really uh, influenced me. And I don't know what turned me on to it, but it was you know looking at scripture and letting that be the shape of my prayers. I started trying to memorize the book of Ephesians at some point in college, and I, I never finished. I still would like to go back and finish, but it really did, as I was walking to class and stuff like that, I was just going over it in my mind, and it really did help me in my prayers because instead of just asking for things, it's you know it opens up in Ephesians with this praise to God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and their role in saving us and you know all kinds of things, but it just really... It lifted my view off myself and my concerns off myself, and then in seminary and different things. But you know, like you said, the Psalms uh, and just taking a passage and trying to pray through it, because then I know, okay, if I'm praying in accordance with God's will, if I, if I go to the Bible to get that, then okay, I'm I'm in good shape. And so that that just really was impactful to me. Well, Tony, should we teach our kids to pray? Like, be you know, intentionally instructing them how to pray? Ah, uh, so my response to this may get us unsubscribed uh, kinda <laughs> no I don't think so uh, The I don't think I'll get that kind of reaction I, I'm actually a little conflicted on this and how we, uh, whether we should and how we should teach our kids to pray. I think in one very good sense, we should teach them to pray, teach them that they can go to God in prayer, mm-hmm. that God listens to those who are his children in Christ Jesus, and that, you know, even at the language level of a young children, that God accepts those prayers. That said, I think we also at the same time should teach them that they can't come to God apart from Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure when we have a little two-year-old that doesn't really understand the gospel repeating prayers, I'm not sure that there's biblical evidence to say that God even really hears those prayers. There's no intercession in that way. Uh, a member of our church recently said that Christ described praying in Christ as putting the stamp on the letter of our prayer so that it goes gets delivered to the Father. And praying in Christ doesn't just mean adding that at the end, mm-hmm. but it means having that kind of redeemed relationship with Christ Jesus, being born again so that Christ is our intercessor before the Father. And I don't know that Scripture shows that 
God hears prayers of those who are those who lack Christ as their intercessor. But you know, maybe it's insincere. That being said, after I've kind of thought all this through, maybe it might sound insincere. But I still think that we can essentially have them practice prayers, practice what praying is at a young age. But I'm not sure then. You know, if a child is not saved, when they do do their quote-unquote air quotes prayer that it really is what the bible would define as prayer but that doesn't mean that we can't do it yeah and i you know a question whether we should get into all that um on this but i I think that you do raise an important issue you know that praying in jesus name is is not like putting you know sincerely you know ben at the end or something it is coming to god through christ and so it's depending on him it's our our access point and so I think we should teach our kids to pray, but it may not necessarily be, okay, here, repeat after me. Um, I think a lot of it, especially early on, is we're, we're very intentional in the kinds of things that we're praying about, or in, like you said, teaching them that they can come to God in prayer and, and trying to draw their attention to God to depend on Him. So what should we teach them to pray about? Yeah, I think we can, we should teach them to pray about God's glory. But at the same time, I think that we teach them to pray about what they think that they need. We should we teach them that they can pray about anything. That being said, again, we do try to focus on the glory of God. We we can pray about when we're sad, when help help obey mom and dad. We teach them to pray about when they're sad because a little puppy dog died. We teach them to pray when they're impatient because they want to watch a show, but mom and dad says they can't watch a show. But even more than that, I think we teach them to pray in spiritual things. I know of a child that every time at family worship, the first thing that they pray is that God would save everyone who's not Christ- everyone who's not saved. I think that is a fantastic thing, though, to, to emphasize in the prayers first, to focus on the spiritual, but also to realize God is the Father of those who are in Christ, and God does care about with bruised an- ankles and stubbed toes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's a really good word. I, I think you know it, we talked about how the Bible had. P- influenced our own prayers um, and so I think as we teach our children scripture and as we teach them the concerns of the Bible and, and then they hear us praying those things consistently that's going to inform okay these are the kinds of things that I should be focusing on but also yes the, those those small things that, that no concern is too small and just about all of life that we and you're trying to foster this constant awareness of independence on God Again, you can't make that happen, but just pointing their attention back to him, back to him, back to him. So, Tony, what do you think about memorized prayers? You mentioned with your your grandmother and, you know, Lutheran liturgical background. And, you know, there are plenty of denominations that have those memorized prayers. And and some people, you know, they want to recite the, the Lord's Prayer or different things like that. So what do you think about memorized prayers? Well, I tried to memorize my response to your question about memorized prayers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I'm in favor of memorizing the Lord's Prayer. I think that is a really great thing to do. I think memorizing the Lord's Prayer in Scripture, not as, not as something to pray yourself, but 
as an important prayer of Scripture and to help us know how we are, what kind of way that we're to pray, not to pray exactly what Jesus said. I even, I, you know, a Norse catechism, a catechism we use at our church, as well as a lot of other catechisms, teach not just what the Lord's Prayer is, but what it even means. I think when we talk about things like the lot, and now I lay me down to sleep, those kind of cutesy prayers that I'm, I consider myself somewhat blessed and not really know that many of them. Uh, is that bad? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that these are cute, but I think that they're cute at the expense of being sincere. I think that it's just kind of a rote repetition of something, even the Lord's Prayer. You know, I have some Catholic background. I know people, you know, that when they face trouble, you know, it's our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, the kingdom, yada, yada. Even, uh, I, I even remember in the movie Spider-Man 1, there was an incident of Peter Parker's Aunt May doing that kind of thing. I, I don't know that there's any real benefit of that. Uh, you know, I think it's not truly sincere. I think all that these end up teaching is really uh, religious ceremonies, you know, uh, kind of an act of cleansing or an act of ritualistic sacrifice. Mm. And instead, I think true prayer in Scripture is a heartfelt plea. And I think that is sometimes the irony of those kind of memorized prayers. You know, even Our Father Who Art in Heaven, when we, we just recite it verbatim rather than understanding the point of it. I mean, it intentionally starts off addressing God as Father. It is a heartfelt plea, not something that's not something that's meant to be just one more example of a cutesy memorized prayer. <laughs> um, you know, I used to think, I remember in the seventh grade having this, I went to a Christian school, and something came up in class, in Bible class about prayers, and so the teacher just kind of threw it out there, and I th I'm pretty sure that I responded. And I don't know, I mean, I had picked this up from somewhere, but I just thought it was like part of Roman Catholic empty spirituality. Now, if you're Roman Catholic and you're listening, we're very happy to have you. And, and my, my view on that has matured. I, I don't think all of what Catholics do is empty spirituality. We have some, you and I both have some pretty significant disagreements with Rome about some really important things. But, you know, with that said, I don't think that, that all memorized prayers are necessarily from the pit or something. No. But I think it can be easy. I mean, I, I, whenever we have several pastors in our church, and we we rotate through praying before the sermon. And so whenever it's my turn, I, I try to – I know what the sermon outline is and the passage. And so, I mean, I try to keep those things in mind as I'm praying as much as possible. And this past Sunday, I, I knew the passage, but uh, I didn't, didn't have – hadn't looked at the outline as much. But – you know, trying to pray those kinds of things, preparing the congregation, and so, but it's not like I script the prayer. I, once or twice, I wrote something out, and again, I didn't get up there and read it. But you know, because whenever you pray publicly, whether it's in front of your kids or in front of the church, you are teaching people about prayer. But it can turn into whether it's something you know, hail. Hail Mary full of grace, or whether it's something that you wrote the night before, if you just get into reciting words without your heart being engaged, then, you know, it is empty. But I th it can be helpful, you know, in some ways, teaching, uh, giving structure. But, you know, again, the words have to be prayed from the heart. Are there any helpful models or tools that you've personally used in your, your own life or family or ministry or, or things that you know of? 
Yeah, one that's been helpful to me is a pretty popular one that I'm pretty sure a lot of listeners of our podcast would already know of. And I actually have no idea where I was first exposed to it, but I know I've been exposed to it in multiple ways. And that's the Acts prayer. The And that's not based on anything in the book of Acts. Actually, it's kind of a diagram in a sense of the Lord's Prayer. And it's it's basically, it's it's making that kind of anagram or... Uh, of the different aspects of prayer. It's the ACT stands for A, adoration, C, confession, T, thanksgiving, and S, supplication. And it, it kind of probably overly pushes it onto the text of the Lord's Prayer, but shows that the Lord's Prayer uh, models every aspect of prayer, of which is really those four types of prayers. First, adoration, acknowledging who God is and praising God for his characteristics, then acknowledging sin, confessing sin, and thank, and then giving thanks to our Father, and then moving from there to giving kind of our specific prayer requests, uh, moving to our felt needs as well as spiritual needs. And that, I think, has been immensely helpful for me because it's forced me to not just kind of list, uh, list off a, uh, a bunch of things I want from Jesus when I pray, because I think that can be so easy to do. But instead, first I'm basking in the character of God, uh, then I'm acknowledging sin, then I'm thanking God for his provision, and only after I've done all of that am I going to, I want this Jesus. <laughs> I mean, it's not really that, but you know, uh, only after that am I, am, I, am I addressing the thing as I feel that I want, I, I need Jesus' specific help in that kind of way. Good, very good. Yeah, I I really do like the the axe model, and I, I think I learned that at least twenty years ago. I don't know; it's been quite a while. And you mentioned the Lord's Prayer earlier, um, and I, for the past several months, have gone to that, just praying through it, you know, kind of reciting it, but trying to really mean it, and then going back through. And I read some article about you know that that was a practice of Martin Luther kind of helped engage his heart to to pray the kinds of things that Jesus says we should pray about. And so, you know, going through it and then actually kind of breaking it down. Our, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then just spending time praising God. And the Acts thing, I've, I've started doing that uh, with my kids just very briefly. You know, Lord, we love you. We praise you because you're so good or something like that, you know, with our whole family. Realizing that not all my children maybe believers, but my wife's there too, and so that the we, but just showing them those kinds of things. Praying, and you, we've talked about praying the Psalms as well. That, I think, can be very helpful. Now, you can, with children, depending on their age and things like that, or the length of the Psalm, you probably don't want to pray through Psalm 119 in family worship one night with small children, <laughs> but um, maybe you could take a, a stanza or a verse or two, you know, just things like that to, to let them see, oh, okay, these are the kinds of things we to pay attention to. Yeah, I think if you do pray through Psalm 119 and kind of make it practical to your needs of your family and one time of family worship, you have the most patient, enduring children in the history of the planet. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I mean, what is it, 178 verses or something like that? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Um, so under what circumstances should we teach our kids to pray? I mean, should we teach them to pray like at mealtime, before bed? I mean, just what are, what are your thoughts on that? What's your practice? I'd say all of that and more. I'd say take your time and and family worship is one aspect of it. I think you certainly do pray at mealtimes. You pray before bed 
you have significant time of prayer after perhaps reading the Bible in family worship. That's one of our most important prayer times every day where we all pray and take our time to actually bring up prayer requests. We even pray about different members of our church as we kind of pray through a list. The uh, I, th- I think you pray not just, not just at assigned times. Pray as a need comes. Mm-hmm. Pray as you discipline. You take little Johnny, you know, and discipline them for doing this, that, or the other. Pray for their heart. And pray that they accept Jesus together with them. Uh, you know, I think praying at a regular time is important. Even I was reading an article on Children Desiring God by Sally Michaels about prayer and teaching children to pray. And she really emphasized the importance even of, you know, when you're driving and you see an ambulance uh, driving past you, to take that as a moment, not while taking the eyes off the road, of course, but to with your family say, we're going to pray. Let's pray for whatever happened up, up the road. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a very good practical thing, teaching, taking your concerns off yourself, praying for others in need. Yeah, and I think having those structured times is helpful, um, just giving some, some guidelines to them, say, hey, so that they're naturally thinking that way. But yeah, just teaching them that all of life is a time that you can go to Lord, the Lord. I mean, I know one of my, my daughters um, you know, complains, oh, I can't go to sleep. And so I've encouraged her, I say, hey, well, take this time. You know, when dad can't go to sleep, sometimes this is what I do. And I, you know, pray for our family, pray for your friends or people at church or different things like that. You know, we also, we were having some problems with fighting with siblings. And so I said, you know, it happened when getting in the car at certain times. I said, hey, well, when you're waiting, you know, and you're, you're going to get in the car, um, pray and ask for God's help. Yeah. Now, you know, I didn't sit down. Again, I, I'm not, not sure quite the state of her soul, but... I didn't sit down and recite a prayer with her, and it, but she's heard me pray in front of her. And yeah. you know, both my my two older children are girls, and so they've hold, heard me pray in front of them that the Lord would help them to you know be kind to one another, not fight, or those kind of you know be thinking of others, serving, and so saying, hey, just ask for God's help because if he everyone who asks Him and depends on Him, He He comes and helps, and so trying to explain what faith is without saying it. Uh, this is this is faith. It was you know my my middle child. Um, we had a storm recently, and you know she was scared of the thunder. And I said, hey, if if you hear the remember, it's not it's only a sound. But just say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. You know, help me not be afraid. And yeah, you know, she doesn't understand the, the the content of the gospel. And I don't you know intellectually she's there yet. I mean she's three years old. But I just pointed her to to put her attention to the Lord that He's a trustworthy person to go to. And I think praying with them before bed is helpful because, you know, a lot of kids get scared. They want to ask questions and draw things out. And, you know, they've got these mm-hmm. imaginary ailments that suddenly spring up. And um, But I think it's it's teaching them you can go to the Lord in these times. And, and so, you know, try to pray with, with them before putting them in the bed. How early sh- do you think we should start teaching them about prayer or to pray or, you know, just all that's related? I think we should... We should not delay this. As we talked uh, in the previous episode, we recorded before this. We talked about not delaying talking about death, and we sh- also shouldn't delay talking about prayer, teaching about prayer. I think that we should start to teach them prayer as 
early as they can talk at, at the latest. Mm. You know, I think even as they start to fumble into wars, you know, our youngest is just an infant and she'll and prayer, you know, and our prayer time as a family, she'll kind of goo and ah and very clearly intentionally during our prayer time. And she doesn't know what she's doing. She's making noises because she hears her brothers and sister and mom and dad make noises during prayer time. But I think even in that, it can be a teaching and family worship. You know, I think even uh, one of our children, when they when he was two years old, around his second birthday, he started to really love prayer and family worship. And uh, he would, it's fun, he would always ha- want to rush in to pray and he would get upset if he didn't get to pray first, which showed, I think, a lack of heart of true understanding of prayer. But, uh, you know, even sometimes... <laughs> He wasn't fully grasping the language, you know, or fully understanding the concept, you know. There'd be some nights where his prayer would literally be, he'd just say, Father God, in Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) And that would literally be his whole prayer, but he had to get it in there. And he was so proud of himself, big smile that he prayed to God. So I think it can be something that we do at an early time. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I think they should hear you praying before they're out of the womb. Like, I saw some article or something on Twitter or something, I think it was yesterday, saying that there's evidence suggesting that babies can distinguish between languages in the womb. Now, they can't make sense of it, I, I'm fully aware, but the fact that their brain is developed to that point, that they can tell there's a difference there. So just hearing you pray for them, and then, you know, just praying out loud in front of them for them you know when they're babies and and on up Um, and so they just see this is part of what our family does we pray at home then you know we're at church we pray or we're we're driving down the road like you said with the ambulance and after discipline I think it's a really really great time you know we didn't really do a repeat after me prayer thing I don't don't know can't say that 100% we never have I just don't remember it Um, but our, our oldest started asking to pray and and then you know the second one kind of followed suit and she you know we kind of needed an, an interpreter for what she was saying but uh, <laughs> you know they just they pick up on what we're doing do you think she praying in tongues well it was questionable i, I didn't have the interpretation so I, I don't know but do you think that we should force our kids to pray like okay now we're all going to sit here and then all right you know susie johnny you must pray this this for this long or uh, Absolutely not. You know, I do mention in family worship, and and our kids enjoy praying most nights, but on a day when they say, I don't want to pray, that I think it does damage if we say, oh, you have to pray, little Johnny. You have to pray, little Susie. I think what this does is it makes prayer into a religious ritual, not a conversation with our Father in heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, prayer in a biblical sense is instead, I think, an authentic plea to our Heavenly Father from, from our, His children in Christ Jesus. I think forcing them to pray is is treating it like a chore that they have to do, and, and I think it treats God as as distant as somebody who is to be placated rather than someone who is that we already have intercession for in Christ Jesus. And that's a good point. Yeah, I don't think that you want to force them into to doing it because it just it casts it all in the wrong light. I had one of my kids tell me, actually both of them told me this separately, but I was talking about look to God for help, ask him for help. And both of them, apart from each other, said, but he doesn't answer. And I said, huh. 
So it, it intrigued me that they both, they were, you know, they're no, used to normal human interactions where you ask a person for help and, you know, can I have a snack? And yes, you can have a snack. And so they were expecting that God was going to say, like, yes, I'm helping you. This is what I'm going to do. And so how would you, ha- have you experienced that with kids at church, with your own, or how, like, how would you address that? Yeah, that is, I think that's a real question that children answer, will ask you. And I think ultimately children can be a lot more honest than adults can. <laughs> and I think that's a question that a lot of adults really feel like too, but they just don't want to voice it in that way. Mm-hmm. I think when they do ask that, you know, I think it can come from a different place as a child. But we answer that by by pointing to the ways that God has answered their prayers and, and the way and ways it is different from I think it's accurate to say that God always answers our prayers yes, no, or wait. And God doesn't always say yes that he's going to heal our boo-boo because sometimes God has a better plan for us. And I think pointing out that God's better plan and how God answers prayers in his own way, but that God answers prayers in the ways that are far greater than how, how mom or dad answer their pleas for help. So I think sometimes even pointing out ways that God has answered prayers in, in your own life as 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 those who've walked with Christ can be even helpful. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, and I mean, some people do expect this, sort of the clouds to part, and but I, th- I think it is, I, you know, the way I explained it to us, God is not going to to say yes. Here, this is what I'm going to do. But, but like you said, seeing how He's answered the prayers and showing how He has look, He did help you in this. He helped you to control yourself or whatever it was. Yeah, just pointing their awareness again to God, and I remember reading in seminary uh, a book, "God's Greater Glory" by Bruce Ware, and in it he talks yes. about God is different than us, and so our relationship to Him is is going to, by necessity, it's going to be different than it is to a, a, another person who's simply a human being, and it was it was just comforting for me to hear that and say, okay. Yeah, okay, I, I've thought this, but, uh, and sometimes you p- hear people say, well, it's prayer is just like talking to your friend. Well, not exactly. No. And, and so it was helpful for someone, you know, and, and the, the subject matter he's talking about is, is pretty deep. And so just saying, you know, God, our relationship to Him, we're going to relate in a different way. Your friend certainly couldn't create you in a moment and destroy you in a moment. <laughs> right, right. Well, Tony, what are some ways that churches can teach parents? about prayer so that they can in turn teach their their own kids to pray. Yeah, I think that we seldom talk about prayer when we talk about parenting. I've read a lot of uh, biblical parenting books out there, and I think uh, very few of them emphasize prayer nearly enough. That's something I, I was reading an audiobook, actually listening to an audiobook of Chap Bettis's, one of his parenting books, and I was encouraged. He heavily emphasizes praying for your children. But prayer is a reflection of a heart close to God. So prayer should be an essential part of parenting, of understanding parenting, and understanding how we point 
our kids to King Jesus even. So I think that we we as churches should teach children. When we have those parenting classes, we should teach parents to pray for their pray for their children. What kinds of things they want to pray for their children and how to be praying for their children. I mean, to pray not just that their children you know does well, not just they get the billion dollar job, and maybe we shouldn't even pray for that, but pray for their salvation. Pray that they glorify God even in a way that might be costly. And so I think when we do teach that, I think that we pass on that passion for prayer and they'll pass it on to their children. I think we preach on prayer and even connect it to, you know, when we're praying, when we preach on psalms that are often great prayers of the faith, we talk about what, you know, what this means in family worship and what this means when you're praying with little Johnny at bedtime. Uh, but I, and I think even as well, you know, teaching, teaching our people prayer that is accessible. I think that's what I like about the Acts model prayer. You know, you mentioned you got it 20 years ago. I know many people that started using the Acts prayer as young children. And that's something that makes prayer something that can be grasped rather than something that's far off. Mm. I think, you know, we pray what the Bible teaches. Like I was talking about. And I mean, it's not like it was my bright idea. I've seen this modeled and taught stuff, but to to plan how you pray publicly, uh, and so that parents see when the church is yes. gathered. Okay, these are the kinds of things that you know, whether it's the pastor or someone else. But the, these are the kinds of things that we're praying for. Uh, and Absolutely. One of our, our other pastors um, goes into a men's, he doesn't lead it, he just participates in a, a men's Bible study prayer group. He said some of, you know, the kinds of things that typically get mentioned, let's pray for this, they're physical concerns um, or they're, ma- they're, you know, praying on behalf of someone else. That's very appropriate. Um, but he said that he makes it a point to pray that his own heart would be changed and he would see God's grace and that kind of thing. And he said it's just it's intrigued some of them because they they don't they don't know to pray like that. Good. And so, I think that that is is helpful for parents, just teaching them beyond you know. And you go to the average church prayer meeting, and it's pray for you know Sister Agnes's hip, and you know this guy's got gout. And it, again, I'm not making well, I guess I am a little bit, but you know, it, it, I know James talks about having the elders you know anoint you with oil and pray and praying for physical concerns is is entirely legitimate. And I mean, Jesus even says, pray for your daily bread. Pray that, you know, for your physical provision, but going beyond that as well. And so... Uh, that I think is is good, helpful for parents as they soak that up over time, and I think even just having specific instruction about it um, and giving them tools. Uh, but we're actually at our church, Lord willing, in a couple of weeks, going to have a thing, and I'm going to interview the pastor that I was talking about. You know, who prays for personal change and transformation that his heart would be affected. Interview him about teaching our kids to pray and you know, then open it up. But but again, the resources, I mean, you can make something of your own or, I mean, there's plenty of good stuff out there on the, the interwebs, but just being very practical and specific in giving good content. Tony, last question. How can churches teach kids how to pray while they're there? I think occasionally take some time to take prayer requests and small things that are big to them, mm-hmm. whether it breathe through prayer meeting, corporate prayer meetings for the whole church, which I think children should be welcome in. 
frankly, <laughs> uh, taking allowing you know pray for a little uh, little Joey's puppy dog that's dying because he's really concerned about that. Uh, I think it can be through even and Sunday school, you know, praying about the praying, taking those kind of prayer requests. But uh, I think pray every time you minister to them, and don't feel that you need to rush it. We and our King Cadets curriculum that we make, we include a prayer for the kids, uh, intentional prayer based upon the lesson and the message that they're going to hear every time before the before the message. You know, and and I I don't think any of our teachers will skip over that. And I think that is another important way to show that we always come to Christ first in prayer. The I think as we welcome them. Uh, I think we do welcome them in as we pray, you know. that I think that's the beauty of kids being part of that worship service, seeing people pray, that uh, seeing it modeled in front of them and modeled for them, what uh, godly biblical prayer is. Really good. Very good. That's helpful. Yeah, I, I think, especially with kids that can read, give them tools as well. I mean, give their parents tools because their parents are teaching them. They're going to hear their parents pray, hopefully, a lot more than they ever hear you pray. Truthfully, that doesn't always happen, but I think giving the children also like a bookmark or something like with the, I, I've got that we've given that out some and um, it's some, I think it was I got it from Children Desiring God and it's just we put it on cardstock and it's just got A and it says uh, you know adoration but it also in parentheses it says I love you prayers C confession really I'm good. sorry prayers and so it's very simple for a child to understand but that's something they can put in their Bible and um, just guide them as they're praying. Because, you know, I mean, it, it is a, a different kind of thing. I mean, you, I've heard the kids are like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. Well, and so you're just trying to, to, to help them in that. Um, and I think, you know, like you covered praying with them and in front of them and seeing what's important to them, asking them good questions to see what is, what's pressing in on their hearts, and then also helping them to steer towards biblical concerns too. But, you know, you don't, You've, if you've ever asked kids, you know, what do you want to pray about? I mean, it can turn into a long, long list and one kid shares something and then it's like, well, my cousin's dog died. And then, you know, it just goes off. But trying to, to, to help them see that, that all of life is something that we can go to God with. Yes. But, and that God is good to hear and to receive us, you know, when we come in Jesus' name. Well, Tony, thanks for, for your time the time and for going over this stuff if you found this episode helpful or previous episodes um, please share those on social media or word of mouth subscribe that that's helpful uh, just for more people to be able to be exposed to this content and if you want to reach out to us on Twitter with suggestions or questions or you know even personal abuse we're here you can send the personal abuse uh, to Tony and Tony what's your Twitter handle <laughs> at Ben Plaz. <laughs> Yeah, I'm at Ben Flaws, and he is at Anthony. It's Anthony Trussoni. That's right. So, but we would love to hear from you, and we look forward to having you back next time. So thanks for listening.